So I will say this, you're not stuck. This is not all there is. There's, a, there's more, there's a lot more. There are many people who were stuck like you feel you are now. And if you talk to them now, you'll find out that they are living life and they are practicing medicine on their terms. And so I would say that you want to start your process of creating your own masterpiece life. Nobody's coming to save you. No, and I say this in the most loving way I can, nobody is coming. And so you take the bull by the horn and you're like, okay, I don't know all the things. I don't know all the steps, but I'm going to start exploring. Exploring could look like you're subscribed to, to this podcast, right? You're exploring could look like you got the made for more book. You're exploring could look like I got the EntreMD podcast. You're exploring may look like, okay, there's a physician entrepreneur group that I joined and you start taking steps to build that life, but, but don't, don't play, don't let anybody make you think you have to play the victim. You are not a victim. You can take back control and you can create the life you want to create. Welcome to the Balance Medics Handover podcast. Are you questioning whether medicine is right for you and not sure what to do next? If so, you've come to the right place. This podcast is full of real examples of doctors that have gone down different paths to prove that it's possible to transform your life and that it's never too late. I'm your host, Isabella, the founder of Balance Medics and a doctor that left clinical medicine. If you're ready to make changes now and live a life more aligned with your own values, coaching could be for you. You don't need to stay stuck. Reach out and see what's possible at balancemedics.com forward slash coaching. And now to the podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Balance Medics Handover podcast. I'm so excited and feel very privileged to have Dr. Naneka Unachuku, also known as Dr. Una, creator of EntreMD here today, all the way from Atlanta, Georgia. I first heard about Dr. Una through her amazing The EntreMD podcast, where she empowers physicians to be the CEO of their own lives. Dr. Una is a pediatrician turned entrepreneur. She has gone on to help countless physicians develop their own profitable businesses through the EntreMD podcast, live events, and the EntreMD Business School. Dr. Una is also a talented author. Her books include Be More, Do More, Have More, The EntreMD Method, and her latest book, which I absolutely love, Made for More, Physician Entrepreneurs Who Live Life and Practice Medicine on Their Own Terms. Without further ado, let's hand over to Dr. Una. Hi, Dr. Una, how are you? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I've been looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to it too. I'm so excited to chat with you. Likewise. <laughs> uh, can we start with you sharing more of your journey and how you got to where you are now? Yeah, so I did my, um, I did my medical training in Nigeria. I went to the University of Nigeria. Um, and, um, it, you know, it's a very unique system in the sense, different from the U.S. in the sense that 
you know, they give as many people as possibly opportunity to get into med school and survival of the fittest. So I think there are 420 people in my class and 120 graduated, if you can imagine that. Um, and it was, it, it was a, it was a really great journey. Um, I remember when I was in training, uh, people would be like, so what are you going to be when you're done? I'm like, I don't know, but I know I'm not going to be a pediatrician. So it's very funny that I'm a pediatrician now. <laughs> and, um, finished my training in, in Nigeria. And I was always going to come back to the U S I was born in the U S. Um, but my dad wanted us to have the culture. So he was like, you're, we're all going back. And, you know, after, you know, your first degree or whatever, then you can go wherever you want. And so the second I was done, I came over to, um, to the U S and, you know, the, the, the module, the training system is a little different. The practice is a little different. And so I really wanted to be an OBGYN but I didn't want to do the overnight call for babies the rest of my life. Right. And I was like, you know what? I really love the mommies. I still want to have access to the mommies. So where can I find them? And that's how, you know, that's how pediatrics happened. So I came over here, did my training, um, at, to become a pediatrician and, uh, which was phenomenal. I absolutely, you know, loved my entire time of training, loves what I got to do. Um, I think, you know, my love for the parents made being a pediatrician so much better because, you know, I, they, they got two for the price of one, right? It's almost like they had their own doctor mm-hmm. <laughs> and a doctor for their kid. Um, and I finished that and I was living in New Jersey at the time, moved to Atlanta and I uh, got a job like all good pediatricians. And I remember going in and seeing my first patient and, you know, uh, you know, I was a big boss now. So did, you know, saw the patient, wrote my script, walk out of the room, like, you know, I'm, I'm the big boss now. And I remember it being so anticlimactic. I was like, so what I just did, I'm going to do that 20 times a day for the next, you know, 40 years, you know? And so it was very, it was very anticlimactic for me. And I, that's when I knew I wanted more. I had no idea what more was, but I was like, this can't be everything, right? Like I've been running to achieve or running to become. And here it's like, I came to a full stop, like that's it, you know? And so, you know, after I'd worked in my practice, in, in that practice for um, about nine months or so, I, I signed a one-year contract initially. And then the boss was like, so I really like the way you work. I want you to work with me. Give me a five-year contract. I'm like, and to put this in context, you know, I'd been married for three years. I'd done residency for three years. So my definition of eternity was three years. And I was like, yeah, I can't do a five con- five-year contract, but I was moving anyway. So I was like, I'm going to move. He's like, well, if you're not going to stay here, start your own practice. And I'm like, nobody starts their practice, like starts a private practice nine months out of residency. Like, what are you talking about? And he was like, really, I'll help you. You're doing most of the things you're going to do anyway here. Um, and that's when I started exploring, right? And for, for everyone listening, that's, it's exploring. It, it's, it's free, right? So I started exploring and ultimately I went on to start my practice. And I would say that ignorance is bliss because if I, if I know what I know now, then I wouldn't have done it because I'm like, oh my goodness, you have no idea the challenges coming and all of that. But I was like, yeah, let's do that. And so I did it and really was like a deer caught in headlights because I didn't, I, w- I was, I'm an introverted introvert, right? I was terrified of marketing. I was terrified of telling people come to my private, terrified of telling people come work on my team. I was scared of all of it, right? And so it forced me to start developing as an entrepreneur. I had to realize like, okay, we, we have to let go of the ego. I know you know a lot of stuff and you learned a lot of stuff, but 
you're going to learn, you're going to need to learn a lot of new things, right? And I, I heard a statement from Brian Tracy said, nobody's better than you. All business skills are learnable. And I was like, okay, if there's anything we're good at as doctors, we are good at learning. And so I started learning how to hire, how to fire, how to market, how to build company culture, how to understand profit and loss statements, all of those things. And the practice went on to thrive, you know, and it, it was just such a beautiful thing. But then 2016 rolls around and nothing is wrong, right? The practice is doing really well. I have somebody who worked every Friday, so I had a long weekend every weekend, but I just knew that things were changing. Like medicine, as we know, it is gone. And if you're going to thrive, you're going to have to retool yourself, right? There's no problem. And so that's when I started thinking, you know, I guess I could be a speaker. I guess I could be a consultant. I guess I could do all of these things. And you know, I started learning those things, which were all things foreign to me. And as an introvert, I mean, think of it like every single thing I talked about is something no introvert wants to do. And I was like, you know what? It's not going to be ugly for just me. It's going to be ugly for everybody. And so that's when I launched EntreeMD and I'm like, okay, guys, we need to retool ourselves. We need to learn new things. And, you know, that's turned into now I'm a speaker, now I'm a podcaster, now I'm an author, now I'm the founder of a business school. And we've helped, I mean, through the business school, we've helped, you know, hundreds of doctors through the podcast and the book and all that is thousands and thousands. And it's just beautiful to see so many doctors now starting their own businesses, not just private practice, whatever they want to do, but starting their own businesses, choosing to live life on their terms, choosing to let go of the burnout and the loss of autonomy and all of that. Um, and that's really my life's work, you know, and I, I joke that I've never worked in EntreeMD because it's all fun, all fun. Wow. There's so much to unpack there. It's such a great way to hear your story from from back then to now and when you talk about Entree MD you really do light up I love it <laughs> yeah that's so good and I love how you spoke about is this it kind of feeling when you became a well we call it fellow here when you finish residency and your training because I do feel that medicine can be a little bit like that you're on this conveyor belt to get there and then once you're there you're like okay what now <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing to hear that you're an introvert because I would never have guessed. <laughs> I am an introvert. I mean, and I, I love to say this because I think a lot of physicians are introverts. I used to think introvert meant shy. It, meant, it means shy. It means I can't dominate on stage. It means I can't network. It's almost like a handicap, right? And the truth of the matter is that that's not what it is at all. Like I learned that it, what it really means is I am the kind of person who recharges in solitude. I draw my strength in solitude, right? And so being able to speak, that is a skill. Being able to network, that is a skill. Th those are skills and not personality types, right? And so I started learning those skills, right? Learning how to, you know, show up on stage and carry a crowd and, and you know, podcast and network and put myself out there and all of that. But I'm very self-aware because I'm an introvert that all of those things are draining for me. So when I'm done, I go take a walk by myself and I recharge, go have a long shower by myself, recharge. You know what I mean? And so it just makes me aware of how I need to protect myself, but it doesn't mean I can't do any other things I need to do. And that's every introvert. That's such a great message because I think you can put limits on yourself that you can't, I can't do that. You know, just stop right there. That's great to hear. Uh, now, I love your, your energy and your message and I love listening to your podcast. What really resonated with me when I first heard you speak was when you said, show up as the CEO of you, Dr. You Incorporated. 
Did you always have that mindset in medicine? Oh, no, of course not. No, I learned that along the way. Um, because what what happens is we we spend all this time and we spend all this money and all this effort acquiring this degree, but we only think of ourselves in terms of an employee, right? But I want you to think about it. So, so the average person in the U.S. would have spent over a decade becoming a doctor, would have spent multiple six figures in, in, in debts, would have given up a significant part of their use. And then for you to do all of that and delegate the outcome of that brand to somebody else really makes no sense, right? At the end of the day, we can, we can own who we are. We can own what we want our careers to look like. We can own our businesses if that's what we want to do. And we can rise in like, I am the CEO because I invested this much. This is a brand, right? And so I'm the CEO of Dr. Me Incorporated. And I will do what I need to do to protect my company, make sure my company's doing well. So that means I learn to negotiate, right? That means that I learn to say no. I need, I learn to establish boundaries. I learn to look for new things to acquire to make my company even better, right? It means that I don't take the role of the victim, like, oh, what they do to doctors. No, I figure out my own way. I chart a new path for myself. So it's, it's rad, it's like taking radical responsibility, radical ownership and driving your career and driving driving your business instead of letting circumstances and other people in the state of medicine and all of that drive, drive it. You see what I mean? And so once we adopt that stance, like even if you start thinking of it, it makes you sit up straight. You know what I mean? Like you, you sit up straight, like I'm the CEO of, you know, and, and then you realize I'm in charge. I'm responsible, right? I get to say no. I get to, you know, use vision to decide this is where I want to go and then take my company there right? It just takes you away from the victim mentality, which is important for us because nobody's coming to save us, right? We're the Calvary. Nobody's coming to save us. And so if we don't think of ourselves as this, as the CEO, we're waiting on someone who is never going to come. But if we realize we're the CEO, then we save our own selves. Definitely. Definitely. It's so easy to fall in that victim mentality because things aren't good right now, especially in the hospital and the public health system in the US and Australia, everywhere. And you can feel very much taken advantage of. You feel you can't say no, there's no boundaries. And being like, no, we are in charge of ourselves. That's huge. And that's the starting point that, I mean, like once, once we own that, because we're at, you know, like it seems really bad, but the truth of the matter is we are in a transition. And for the people who are visionary and the people who have understanding of this, people who listen to your podcast, right? The, the, it's an, it's an unusual opportunity because once enough of us start becoming examples of what is possible, the whole thing flips on its head. Right. Like I started studying movements because I'm like, how do we bring culture change? How do we do this? And it's like, if you can, if you can impact temp, if you can change 10% of a community, you can change the community. And so in the US, I'm like, okay, there's a million physicians. And if we can get a hundred thousand physicians to get this and start demonstrating it, then it will look like, oh, all of a sudden things changed. Right. So we're the ones, we're the pioneers, we are the visionaries, we are the ones who are going to be making history. So it looks really bad. It's not as bad as it seems because we only need 10%. That gave me chills. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to Google how many doctors are in Australia and see how many. I'm going to do that today. <laughs> now, in Made for More, you describe always Googling physician entrepreneur and not finding much coming up. How did you personally shift from physician? to entrepreneur? 
It was um, it was a lot of the school of hard knocks because at that time, um, first of all, I didn't I didn't really understand the concept of entrepreneurs. You know, the, even owning a private practice, a lot of times people really own their job. They don't really treat it as a business. They actually get offended if you call it a business. They're like, "I'm not in this for the money. I'm here to take care of people." I'm like, "Yeah, but you're gonna have to pay the mortgage and pay payroll, and that's paid with money." You know, like, but so. You know, there are some books that, you know, Brian Tracy was one of my favorites. I read a lot of his his books. There were no Facebook groups like now where you can go in and people are talking about entrepreneurship that didn't exist at the time. Um, I was too introverted. I hadn't come out of that yet where I could just reach out to people who were doing it and say, hey, you know, how are you doing? Now I would. I just walk up to you and ask what I want to ask. But there's no way I could have done that then. And so I did, you know, I did get what I could get from books. Um, I didn't know about YouTube. I didn't know. I mean, this was 2010. I think YouTube was 2007. So it was not quite a thing at that point. Podcasting was definitely not a thing. And so it was It was some books and it was a lot of school of hard knocks. And that's one of the reasons why I'm very passionate about what I do, because what I want to be is a shortcut for others. I'm like, I took one for the team. You don't need to go through all that. Okay. <laughs> so these, these are the shortcuts. These are the mistakes you shouldn't make and all of that. But in my time, it was more trial and error, what I could get from books and, and things like that. But oh my goodness, the times we live in, you have podcasts like your podcast, right? Like my podcast, the Entrendy podcast. Um, there's there's YouTube there, there's books to read, there's communities to be a part of, there are people you can ask questions. Like the resources are endless. And so yes, we did not get a business education while we were getting our medical education, but you can acquire it, right? Like you, you, you can acquire it it's within reach now. Yeah, so it's a lot of hard, 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 hard knocks. <laughs> yeah, and you you did it before it's become more of a thing. So that's great that you took one for the team and you're doing Entree MD business I school. took one for the team. <laughs> now, you kind of touched on this already, but what were the barriers during that time and how did you overcome them? Well, so the, the external barriers were not really a big deal in, in the sense that the biggest barrier was me. Right, the biggest barrier the barriers were all internal. Um, so, for instance, fear. Oh my goodness, I was afraid of everything. I was afraid we would fail. I was afraid we'll run out of money. I was afraid nobody will agree to work with me. I was afraid I'll never be able to hire another doctor. I was afraid, you know, patients will come and decide. Oh my goodness, we don't want to practice like that. I was like, I was afraid of everything. Right, because I felt like I'm not the kind of person who can do this. I'm not an entrepreneur, and those people are better than me. And you know, there are a number of other things. I, you know, I trained in a different state, and so I didn't have this network that was already there. I, you know, and then my medical education was in a different country. You know, and it, 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 and I'm and I'm female, and I'm there. Are all these things that you know, it's just like these are the reasons why. But there was a lot of failure. There was so much failure. And I think, you know, when I think back on it, overcoming the fa- the, the fear um, really had to do with, you know, getting knowledge, right? Because the more you know, the, the less you fear. Um, the second thing was, you know, really doing things with the fear, right? Like not waiting for the fear to go away. Because I will tell you this, I, I've been alive for 43 years and I've been an entrepreneur for 13 years. The fear is not going anywhere. Okay, some version of it is still going to be around. So the ultra successful don't eliminate fear. They just learn how to not let the fear stop them. 
right? And so the more I'll take steps, I'm like, huh, that works, that works. Okay, we're moving forward and things like that. And I actually got to this stage where I was like, you know what? I am finally at a stage in my life where I'm comfortable being uncomfortable. Like right now, if I'm very comfortable, like I'm not doing anything scary, I'm like, oh, wait, wait, something's wrong. I'm not growing. I'm not learning. Like I've stopped. I, like I, I settled. Like, oh my goodness, give me something scary, right? Like, so if you do it long enough, it's a muscle. You get to this point where, yes, you'll feel the discomfort, but you don't let it stop you anymore, right? And so so it was a, it was a lot of that. And it doesn't it doesn't go away and entrepreneurship is not a perfect journey i find people are looking you know especially doctors right we have this perfectionism thing going on which is perfect i mean if you're if you're doing surgery on somebody's brain please be perfect right but with entrepreneurship it's it's not that it's like let's do the best version and let's move forward we'll get feedback from the market we'll make it better then we'll keep moving forward and so you have to develop a new relationship with fear a new relationship with failure where Failure is no longer the opposite of success. It's not like you had an A or you had an F. Like failure is part of success. They they all go together. And so the more comfortable you get with the messiness that comes with entrepreneurship, the more you'll enjoy it and the further you can go, right? So yeah, it was a it was a lot of sitting in the mess of it and getting used to the discomfort and all of that and that's just the journey of an entrepreneur. It it's just it is what it is. Thank you for sharing because I think when you look at how you are now, you wouldn't think you were scared you know how people seem like overnight successes you don't see the whole journey to get there and to say that yes you were you were scared it is scary it makes I think it can make everyone else feel it's okay to feel scared and keep going yeah let me do you one better like I'm still I'm still doing scary things right because for every new thing you take on it's a zone of discomfort so the fear is like oh you now you think you're gonna do that like because you did good at that I mean you're gonna fail at this and it's always going to be epic. Everybody's going to watch you. And you have to go like, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and so till today, there's still things I'm like, oopsie. But I just, I'm like, you know, fear used to be in the driver's seat, right? Where when I feel fear, I stop, right? Because that's what it meant. It's like, danger, don't go there. Now fear is in the passenger seat. You can stay there. You can talk because apparently you can't shut up, but you don't get to drive anymore, right? So I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And when I feel fear, I understand it doesn't mean stop. It just means you're at the boundary of your comfort zone and some really good stuff is about to happen. So I, I get afraid and excited at the same time, right? But it doesn't go away. And so to anyone listening, it's still it's still there, but so what? It's not in charge. It's not in charge. And it reminds me of um, Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic, and her talks saying, fear is very boring. It just says, stop, stop. There's lots of versions of fear. You know, you could be scared of failure, scared of, I don't know, ridicule, but it, it's all the same message. Stop. And we got to work with it. <laughs> like, come along for the ride. Since you won't, since you won't stop talking, just come along. <laughs> That's now. right. Now, I love how you describe wondering if there's something wrong with being a doctor and wanting more in your new book, Made for More. Why do you think physicians have this tendency to feel guilty about looking for something else in their career and life? Well, I think it's a lot of reasons. I mean, one is that we 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 ran for over a decade to come here. Like, so you're here. <laughs> so you should be happy, right? Like you did all this training, you gave up all this time, you spent all this money, and you're finally here. And then you're like, I want more. And you're like, when will it ever be enough? You know what I mean? So there's this feeling like, so when will it be enough for you, right? There's also the fact that, you know, we are high earners, you know, relatively when you look at, at, the, at the world. And so it's like, now you want to be an entrepreneur. Now you want to make more money. Now you want like, 
when will it be enough for you? There are other people in the world earning a tenth of what you earn. Like when, when, when will it be enough for you? Right. And so I think the fact that, you know, our, what we've accomplished to become doctors, um, is, is pretty, is pretty impressive. Right. And so it's like, why do you want more? And you earn enough. Why do you want more? Like what's wrong with you? And, and that really, that really made me feel very odd in the sense that you, you should be okay. You should be satisfied. <laughs> like, what's wrong, you know? And so that's why I call physician entrepreneurs, my fellow crazies, like people like (laughs) us who are like, you know, we want more. And it's not just more in possessions or things like that, or, you know, accomplishments really, because it takes a, it takes a certain kind of person to be a physician at your core. You probably do want to help people and you want to help them in a big way. You want to make a significant impact in your world. That's what drives us there. Cause it makes no sense that somebody who's you know, a teenager will decide, okay, I'm going to sacrifice a decade of my life to become a doctor. You know what I mean? Um, And so a lot of times we didn't actualize that dream with the way we practice medicine, right? Like, so we're like, we want to change the world. We want to make this big change. We want to do this meaningful thing. And when we practice, we're like, no, that's not all I was dreaming about, right? It's like, it takes us all the way back to our wives. Like, no, this is, this is not where I was planning to arrive. Like, like there's, there's more, there's more that I wanted to do. There's a bigger impact I wanted to have. And I just say, go for it. It's one life, you know, it's one life. If there's, if there's more and don't feel embarrassed by it and don't let, you know, societal norms stop you. If there's more you want, go for it. I'll give you an example with my life. I mean, like I, I was a good, really good pediatrician and I was running my own practice and there was really no reason to do more. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that I knew, I was like, but there's more. There's, and at my core, I want to help people become the best version of themselves. I've been like that since I was a kid. I've been talking to grownups and be telling them things they could do. And I'm like, are you, is this pride? Like, what's wrong with you? And later on, I just realized, no, it's your zone of genius. That's, that's the way you're wired. <laughs> and to, to then look at what has happened with EntreMD, where, you know, we have a podcast with, over 400,000 downloads in, in three years, where we have books that have sold thousands of copies, where we have the EntreMD Business School that's trained over, you know, like 240, 50 doctors or, or thereabout. We have conferences that we had thousands of people coming to. Like, I could have given up all that, right? If I was like, no, I just, I just want to be satisfied because that's what people expect from me, you know? And so if you have that itch, scratch it. Yes, definitely. Do it. Go for it. And that kind of goes into what I was going to ask you next is why did you create EntreMD? And you've kind of already touched on this before, but why did you? Yeah, so so because I, I took one, I took one for the team. As physicians, we did not get any kind of business training whatsoever. And our profession actually trains us almost like anti-business. And I'm not saying that in the sense that it's a conspiracy or anything like that, but that's just the way we're trained. But we live in an economic world and the healthcare space is an economic space, right? And so not understanding business skills is like we have everything to create a career that or business that helps a lot of people and gives us financial freedom except one set of skills. Like we have everything but one, and that's business skills. Because once you can build a business system around anything, you have the freedom to do whatever you want there. You know what I mean? Like if you can't figure out the money, you don't have the freedom to do it at the end. If I couldn't figure out the money, I could not serve doctors the way I serve them now because I would, I, you know, I, I, have, I have to take care of what I need to take care of. And so 
I was like, so you have a million people handicapped because they're missing one set of skills. And so it became my mission to help doctors acquire that set of skills, right? And so they can learn how to build profitable businesses, whatever you want to build. For some people, they just want to build their personal brand. They want to work their job, build a brand. That's it. And I'm like, and we can do that. And we can do it in a profitable way. Some people are like, I want to do a private practice. I want to become a coach. I want to be author. I want to be a speaker. I want to throw, I want to put on events. Doesn't matter. You just need to learn how to build a business system around it. That's what gives you the freedom to do it. Right. And so, so that was the reason why. So I wanted to help doctors do that. And I want to help a hundred thousand doctors so we can totally topple the culture um, of the physician community um, in the United States and of course and beyond. Yeah. That's so exciting. And it's it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> and can you tell us more about your new book, your latest one, Made for More? Yeah. So Made for More, you know, you, you can probably see me smile like, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Made for More is a book that it, it serves two big purposes. So the first is all the authors from the book um, are doctors from the EntreMD Business School. And I was like, you know what? I I know a lot of people have always wanted to be authors, right? They've always wanted to um, share their stories and things like that. And these are doctors who are embracing entrepreneurship. So they have some pretty phenomenal stories. And I was like, you know what? How about we did a collaboration book? And so they could all be authors, right? Because they all have a chapter each and they could share their stories on their voices and they can walk away after all the hard work they did saying, I'm a best-selling author, right? And I thought of that. I was like, oh, that is amazing. So I went into the Facebook group for the business school. I'm like, okay, guys, who here secretly wanted to be an author? And I got, I don't know, it must have been 70 people were like, oh, how did you know? And things like that. I was like, okay, so I'm onto something. We're going to do that. But then on the, so, you know, I believe in creating win-wins. Like that's, that's the way I think. So the win for them would be, you know, they will get to final, you know, actualize a dream they wanted to have, and they can add best-selling author to their bios and all of those kind of things. And then on, for the physician community, I understand the power of an example, right? There's so many things we believe we can do, fine. But if you are in a community of people doing them, you're like, wait a minute, like, hello, hang on, <laughs> right? And I, I want, and you know, it goes back to, you were talking about me Googling physician entrepreneur, because when I started my private practice, I was like, I think I'm crazy because I, this should be enough. Like, I don't know why I'm doing all this stuff. And I'm, I'm doing physician entrepreneur to look like, where are they? Where, where are the people? So I can meet them, you know, like my people, my tribe I couldn't find them. And so I was like, okay, if they have this book, they have 47 examples of what is possible. Some are full-time employees, some are full-time entrepreneurs, some have private practices, some are coaches, some are speakers, some are like all like somewhere you're going to find yourself. Somewhere you're going to find something that resonates so deeply with you. They're like, "Huh, I've always wanted more. I couldn't define it, but that's what I that's what I meant by more." You you know what I mean? And so for me it's a it's a win-win all around. Um, you know, like, you know, they get, they get to get their stories out there. They get to be best-selling authors. They get to get that bug. So now they can go on to write how many of her books they want. Um, and then for the physician community, it's huge because it's an exact, these are examples, right? And, you know, so I'm, I'm so excited that we pulled it off and, um, yeah, I'm really glad with the way the book turned out, the quality of it, the, the stories that are there. And yeah, we just want to create a whole ripple effect that goes throughout the physician community. 
It's such a great book and everyone listening, you should go check it out, Made for More by Dr. Neko Unachuku and the other collaborating authors. Um, And it really shows how real world examples of doctors have worked through their fears and doubts to create something impactful and it's really inspiring to read all the different stories. Oh, thank you. And I'll send them a note and say, oh, you guys are inspiring across the world. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) International. Now, what advice would you give a physician listening currently who's feeling trapped in their current circumstance, not seeing a way out? So I will say this. You're not stuck. This is not all there is. There's There's more. There's a lot more. There are many people who were stuck like you feel you are now. And if you talk to them now, you'll find out that they are living life and they are practicing medicine on their terms. And so I would say that you want to start your process of creating your own masterpiece life. Nobody's coming to save you. No, And I say this in the most loving way I can. Nobody is coming. And so you take the bull by the horn and you're like, okay, I don't know all the things. I don't know all the steps, but I'm going to start exploring. Exploring could look like you're subscribed to to this podcast, right? Your exploring could look like you got the Made For More book. Your exploring could look like I got the EntreMD podcast. Your exploring may look like, okay, there's a physician entrepreneur group that I joined. And you start taking steps to build that life. But but don't, don't play, don't let anybody make you think you have to play the victim. You are not a victim. You can take back control and you can create the life you want to create. Um, I know that I'm in a stage in my career where it's easy for people to say like, well, that's easy for you, Dr. Una, because you know, you're this unicorn and stuff like this. But I am telling you that I could give you story after story after story after story of doctors who have done this. Okay. And so don't settle. Don't roll over and play dead. Don't just sit and accept it. Start working your way out. And if, you, if you're like, oh, but that's a lot. One of the exercises I do a lot is I travel and I attend my 90th birthday party. I do that a lot. Personal development people say, oh, imagine your funeral. I was like, no, I'm too visual. I can't imagine my funeral. That's too much. So <laughs> 90th birthday party, okay? And I think about the excuse I'm giving now for accepting and tolerating the way my life is now, would I be proud of it when I'm 90? Or would I be saying, girl, you should have, you should have done something about that. You were tripping. That was just an excuse, right? Because when you think from that perspective, it helps you make better decisions today. You know what I mean? And so think about that version of you. Would that version said you should have dared your fears and done it? Would that version of you have said you should have just listened to that podcast and started taking steps? Would that version of you have said you should have owned your brand or you should have started that business or you should have started coaching? Like what, the, what would that version of you say? And then listen to that version of you. That version is much smarter than you are because you're in the present, like, you know, in the pain and all of that. That version of you is like, uh-uh, no, this time is going to pass anyway. Make it count, right? So don't sit, just move forward. And for some of you that may be owning your brand. Some of you that is starting a business. Some of you have a business, but you're kind of in cruise control. And it's like, own it, right? In the EntreMD world, we say we're building the most innovative, most impactful, and most profitable businesses. That's what we're doing. Own it, but don't stay where you are. Just move forward. 
Yeah, that's such a great advice. So everyone rewind that, re-listen, keep, save it. <laughs> but when you're feeling a bit down and you want to have another listen, you know, um, thanks for thanks for that advice. It's really uh, wise and helpful. My mm-hmm. pleasure. Now, I ask this of everyone that comes on the podcast. What does balance mean to you? So I, I think I have, maybe I have a weird definition, I don't know, but balance to me means having it all. that's what that's what it means but with the understanding that you're not gonna have all of them equally at the exact same time right like balance to me means not accepting that there are aspects of my life that I'm gonna be like well that sucks and it is what it is no I'm gonna have all of it but I may not be working on all of it at the same time but over the course of a year I'm gonna have all of it and from for me for me, that's what balance is. And so it's, it's really just that understanding, right? Like I do a lot of stuff, for instance, with business and all that. I am not willing to do that at the expense of my family, right? And so balance would look like I have a scheduled date night every, every Tuesday, every Tuesday for years. That's my date night, non, not optional, right? I have sp- specific times I spend with my kids, right? So that that way, yes, I may be busy. I have all this stuff going, but their time is sacred. And it's not, it's not being touched. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I kind of, I, I schedule it in such a way that I can have it all. And that also means that I had to get really good at saying no, right? Because we're, a lot of times we're overcommitted, <laughs> Like there's so many things that the things that are truthfully valuable to us don't make it to our calendar at all. And sometimes it's people pleasing. Sometimes it's not learning how to put boundaries in place. Sometimes it's not, you know, I have a concept, for instance, working all the time you're at work. So when I'm not at work, I don't have to work. You know what I mean? And so all the time you spend not working when you're at work, you're then going to have to work, you know? And so it just becomes really disciplined around you know, my time and really scheduling my priorities and not accepting that there are parts of my life that, oh, well, it sucks and it is what it is. I don't have time. It's just going to be what it's going to be. I'm, I'm not willing to do that at all. That's so important, saying no <laughs> and prioritizing what's important to us. Yeah. And prioritizing on your schedule, because if it's not on your schedule, it definitely is not your priority. Like no matter what we say, it really isn't a priority. Definitely. Now, is there anything else you'd like to add that you haven't covered that you think would be useful for the, for the listeners? So I would just say this. I know it doesn't seem like this, but this is the best of times for physicians. It's the best of times. It doesn't look that way, but it's not going to take long and it's all going to flip. And so really for everyone listening, I'm going to say, adopt that. Like this is the best of times. What do I need to do? to be one of the people who will be a shining example of what is possible. Um, instead of saying it's not working, it sucks, and all of that, say, how can it be better? How can it be different? How can I practice medicine on my terms? How can I practice, you know, how can I live life on my terms? Get curious, and curious from a, sta- a, a, a standpoint of possibility, like it's all about to change. And this is the best of times, it's a transition, it looks ugly, but on the other side of it, my goodness, it is so beautiful. How can I? right? So instead of a statement of fact, like this is not working, it's like, how can I, how can I, and you will unlock creative creativity that blows your mind. Um, and I know you said one thing, but I'll throw this in as well. You, you also want to be careful to be in environments where this will be nurtured, 
right? Like these kind of conversations, you want to be immersed in them. So if I want to learn Spanish, the, the fastest way is to move to Spain, not to take a one, uh, one hour class once a week, right? Is to move to Spain. So immerse yourself with people who are leading the way. Immerse yourself with people who are talking about the possibilities and what we can change and all of that. Don't spend all the time with the naysayers. You may like them and it doesn't mean they're bad people. It's just that you're, if you hang out with naysayers, you're going to be a naysayer. That's just the, that's, that's the way relationships work. And so the people like Dr. Isabella, hang out with her. <laughs> I got with her, listen to her podcast, listen to the people she brings on. But this is the best of times. Everything is about to change. Yes, I love that. Things are changing. Find the tribe. Let's make the change. Um, now, before you go, I could keep talking, by the way, but unfortunately, we're near the end of time. But before you go, could you please share how anyone could reach out to you, how they can find your book, The Entree MD Business School? Yeah, so you are on a podcast platform listening to this. Um, so either iTunes or Spotify or Google, wherever you listen. Um, I just want you to you know, hit the search bar, type in Entree MD. So that's E-N-T-R-E. M is in Mary, D is in David, so Entree MD. And we call that the free MBA, right? The free MBA for physicians. Um, we are at, we're almost at 300 episodes at the time of this recording. And so it is like, I mean, like total immersion. And we talk about all the things, the mindset, the strategies, you hear interviews from tons of other doctors doing these things. Um, and then, you know, for the books on Amazon, so it's the Entree MD method and then made for more. And made for more, there are a number of made for more, so you need to put my name in there, but um, made for more, um, you know, Neka Unachuku. And those are two books that they're very practical. They're written for physicians. There's so many people have read it and created massive transformation in their lives, and it's unbelievable. Now, the EntreMD Business School is, is a year-long program, and it is for doctors who are committed they're committed to building six, seven, or multiple seven-figure businesses, which tons of doctors have done. It's just so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. I get to you know coach in there every week. We have a beautiful, vibrant physician community. Um, and you get to see people from startup to seven and a half million in revenue. It's the whole, the whole nine yards. Any kind of bit, not any, but most kind of businesses you can imagine. And um, yeah, so that's entremd.com forward slash business. Yeah, so that's where that is. I'll put that all in the show notes. Thank you so much, Dr. Una, for being here with us today. Your insight is so wise and inspiring and empowering. I think that's a really big word, empowering. So everyone listening, you can do it. And thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. I, I love being in Australia. <laughs> You've been listening to the Balance Medics Handover podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, I'd love for you to take a minute to rate and review this podcast and click the follow button. For more resources, check out the Balance Medics website. The link to this will be in the show notes below. See you next episode.